Standing by LX1. Standing by SFX1. Standing by Talent. All systems go. This is Theatre Pod. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theatre Pod, our COVID-19 special. I'm your host, Mark Holmes, and I'm joined by uh, Christopher Oakley. And, hello. Uh, hello, Chris. How are you going? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, really well. A little bit different here that, with the uh, online yeah. setup. Yeah, what happened? And we've lost two people and gained three. Like, I don't know how that's possible. I know. And some of our new members, we've got uh, Emily Braithway joining the team. Hey, Em. Hey, how are you going? Really well, thank you. Now I see that you've studied a, a fair bit in this uh, industry. Tell us, uh, what, what was your favourite part about uh, learning uh, the theatrical landscape, I guess? I guess my favourite part about my study was sort of getting a look into the industry, how it runs, what the people are like, what you got to do, what you have to live up to, how much you have to commit. Yeah, I just thought that was really cool and really interesting. Lots of fun there. Uh, and we've also got Eloan uh, Killian-Bridley joining us on the program. Hey, Eloan. Hi, Mark. How are you? You enjoying self-isolation, being stuck at home? <laughs> yeah, so much. So much to do. So good vibes. Happy times. <laughs> now, you had lots planned this year. You had lots of shows coming up. You had, you know, lots of classes on at school. Is it sort of taken a weight off your shoulder or do you think you've picked up more work now you've got to do all of your subjects online? Well, it's a bit, it's, it's uh, two very different things for me because at school, like obviously physics isn't necessarily what I want to pursue in life. So uh, because I'm in year 12 next year was obviously the year I was going to be applying for unis. So this was kind of my last year to get experience in the theatre side before trying to get into a uni. So it kind of sucks that that's been taken away from me. (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll be able to get, you know, a theatre experience at the end of the year, maybe into early next year, just before you sort of head off to uni. (laughs) Summer school. Um, (laughs) Um, We've also got Jacob on the line. How are you going, Jacob? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Yeah, really well, mate. Uh, so Jacob Golding joining us. Uh, obviously, uh, Taz famous Jacob Golding. Everyone you know, knows <laughs> who Jacob is out in the community. Stop it. Um, so Jacob's obviously been involved with many shows here in Hobart, um, ranging with you know so many different theatre companies. What's your favourite yeah. uh, theatre experience that you've had, mate? Um, my favourite theatre experience? Oh, that's a, that's a fun one. I don't know. It's just I think for me personally, it's getting you know as a whole getting to work with so many different people in so many different ways don't think i'd be able to actually pick out a favorite moment in particular off the top of my head but you know just the whole livelihood of like theater in general is just so beautiful and so nice to be a part of yeah it's a really nice community especially here in hobart you know it's so welcoming and there's so many people that are involved and have such strong passion for it which is what we love yeah definitely sort of leads on to the next bit into our uh, best theater moments for the last uh, you know couple of weeks obviously we haven't done a podcast back in january was our last one just as we came into the new year and Jeez. we're talking about all the wonderful shows that are going on this year that now most of them aren't going on this year um, did we jinx so it marks or we probably jinxed it I think but we we'll talk about yeah, that a little good. bit later on Rip. um but obviously there's um you know a little bit still going on now chris um i see here that you know, winning your Errol was one of your, your theatre moments. Ah, uh, stop it, Mark. How, how exciting was that, Chris? <laughs> just 
Uh, I don't remember the night, but yeah, it was, it was exciting, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. The good old and, show, um, Spring Awakening, was, last year. Your, yeah, Spring Awakening. And what, what did you do on the show, Chris? Uh, I said Design Mark. You know that. I know that, but our listeners might not know. So we've got to make sure they're <laughs> well, informed. If they listen, well, if they listen to the previous podcast, uh, but yes, yeah, set design. Beautiful. Well, so, that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. And um, congratulations, Chris. Really well Thank deserved. Thank you, Thank you. Um, Emily, bandstand. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it, actually. I hadn't seen the show before and I didn't really know that much about it, but my brother recommended it to me because we're kind of into the same shows. And um, yeah, I streamed it on Playbill. That's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. There's so many things I loved about it, but it was awesome. Yeah, and starring Corey Cott and Laura Osner, you know, some big names in in theatre on Broadway. Unfortunately, it closed probably too soon. Yeah, really good show and really popular on Broadway. Ellen, a bit of James Corden yeah, been your favourite uh, sort of moment watching a bit of, uh, oh, he's, he's done plenty of videos, I guess, online with the James Corden Late Show. What are some of the moments that you've really enjoyed from that? He recently did an episode and he started it with like this massive monologue and it was so sad. He made me cry so much. He's such a... He's- Big, well, bless his cotton socks. But um, anyway, he ha- he invited on <laughs> Ben Platt and the cast of Dear Evan Hansen to sing You Will Be Found, which oh. in itself is already a pretty emotional song. And then mm-hmm. in the current circumstances, it was even more emotionally driven, I found. I watched it three times and cried three times. So I recommend that oh, to anyone oh. who wants it to. It just shows you how much the um, theatre can touch your heart, doesn't it? Yeah, no, totally. It was so gorgeous mm. yeah and you know ben platt you just have to listen to ben platt's voice and it's like it just takes you somewhere else um he's exactly. a brilliant man and um hopefully we'll see him back on broadway real soon uh jacob um basically anything ben platt posts you love tell us a bit about <laughs> what you've been seeing and leading on from ben platt obviously um you know you've pretty much been in love with anything that he's been posting jacob tell us a bit about what you've been seeing out there on the social media platforms yeah well following on from what Ellen said ben platt's personal instagram has just been a you know gold mine of just emotional heartfelt covers that he has just been posting um, yesterday he posted a cover of just him and his piano singing I Want to Hold Your Hand and I have watched that about six times it's just the most beautiful thing and then you just once you're in you you know you're on that down that rabbit hole the video you just can't stop watching and listening to his um, voice because yeah he's just phenomenal yeah he's such a talent as I was saying when Ellen was talking just a minute ago he's such a talent and hopefully he'll be back on Broadway you know creating those emotional moments on stage again real soon but you've also mentioned Ariana Grande uh, with her Disney sing-along. Sort of impressed everyone, I think, and um, sort of blew us away. Obviously, yeah. she's a really talented um, young lady. But tell us a bit about how she went with the Disney sing-along. Uh, it was – I didn't actually know it was happening. I just, some Somehow, even though, you know, I've got notifications turned off just about every footstep she takes, managed to miss the fact that she was even doing that. And then it just came up on my Instagram feed and – for that girl to be able to be her own leading and backup vocals and, you know, just do it laying in her bed. And yeah, it was in- insane. Absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. It was great. She's got so much talent and which is, it just stands out when you watch her, you know, perform and it doesn't matter yeah, what she genre, it look so genre she's performing in as well. Yeah. Like it's just, you watch her do something like that and it's like, it, well, for me anyways, it made me think, oh God, that's easy. I'm going to go and do that myself. And then I'd, you know, realise that it's not and run away and hide in the bathroom. We wish. Obviously, you know, with the COVID-19 situation at the moment, we've had lots of um, local Hobart Tasmanian productions 
uh, and a lot of touring shows as well had to postpone or cancel, um, which is really disappointing. Um, but just before we get to those uh, shows that have been postponed and cancelled, we did get a couple of shows in just at the start of this year, um, one of them being Mamma Mia, uh, which was performed at the uh, Theatre Royal. You know, just I was blown away. Like I saw Mamma Mia a couple of times in Melbourne um, when they did the touring production. And going in, you know, you don't you don't set your expectations too high because you don't want to be disappointed with Hobart Theatre. We obviously have a really, um, you know, top level amateur theatre scene but you just never know when you go in but I walked out of that and I was up dancing you know it was just such a fun and inviting and it's like they wanted you to be involved it was so much fun Chris I know you went along and saw it you know did it have yes. you, you know in a way uh, yeah no I loved it it was very good all the classic songs from ABBA you know you can't miss those you know I love the set but that's what you know I always love that sort of stuff it's your sort of expertise isn't it Chris it, well I'm trying to get there yes Ellen did you get along and um, see Mamma Mia yes I did me and the Goldings actually sat in the gods and watched it from there best seats in the house oh, oh, oh best seats in the house up on the benches <laughs> yeah 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 we had a good yeah, old dance party with, with some tourists up on the up in the gods they loved it we loved it we loved getting up and dancing at the end it was great oh that's really fun i love it just getting up and dancing at the end of a show it's like um i think there's you know only a couple of shows that i've been to that have done it strictly ballroom would be another one um but it's oh, nice yes, to definitely. get up and get involved you know get uh, be a part of the show and you know it makes you feel a bit more you know involved and you know sort of gives you a bit more of that enjoyment factor to to so close mm. out your night. Yeah, what was your favourite part? Yeah. Oh, there's so many different parts of the show that are, obviously all the ABBA music is just iconic to to the show. Yeah. And that's pretty much everyone will say that because that is, you know, one of the keys to the show. I really enjoyed Maggie James's performance. I, I thought yeah. that Maggie performed really well. Um, as, yes. as well, actually, um, they had some really good performances in the show, actually. Um, but Mandy Lowry as well, you know, stand out mm-hmm. for me definitely as the mum performed you know incredibly on stage and you know someone that's been performing on Hobart stages for many years just came out and it was just like yep this is Mandy Lowry and this is Donna and just performed her heart out it was really good to see um someone like Mandy who I've known for many years um and while I've been growing up you know get on stage and you know smash out a few numbers and uh you know, make that stage shine, as they say. All righty. Um, so, Emily, a bit about Shakespeare in the Garden. So, as you like it, you went along and saw it. What did you think? Yeah, I did go along and see it. Personally, I feel that I don't really, like, connect with plays as much as I do with musicals just because that singing and dancing factor really does it for me. Yeah, but I'm I exactly recognize the same. how difficult, like, Shakespeare, that I am, big pen, can't speak, um... All that kind of stuff, like it's really difficult and I do think it's very um, educational and it's great to have that tool that we're able to go and see Shakespeare live in Hobart. Like that's a really amazing thing that um, Directions Theatre Company is doing. Overall though, it was really enjoyable. I thought the direction was really good. Like there was great uses of different entrances and exits. Um, Obviously that was a female director, so shout out to Ellen there. Um, It's great to see lots of female directors in our local scene. I don't know if it's typical in the usual play, but there was use of instruments, violin, guitar. It was really cool. I thought the musical elements were great. 
Singing was great from Noah Casey. I thought it was really interesting how they changed some of the romantic plot just to give it a bit of a modern twist and I really enjoyed that. But overall, it was a great night out. It's awesome that you can take your own food and drink, have a little picnic. It was good weather. So, yeah, it was awesome. That's good. You can get pretty unlucky when the weather turns on you. So it's good that you got a nice night and uh, were able in, to enjoy uh, some Shakespeare in the garden. Obviously, probably out of the you know the three main shows, uh, the other one would be Be More Chill, which I know most of us here are involved with, talked about on the show quite a bit. Um, obviously, Jacob and Elowen, you were two of the, the leads in the show. Um, Jacob, how did you find Be More Chill? Did you enjoy the experience being on stage and getting to you know star in the leading role? Yeah, no, it was such a fun experience. You know, getting to play that kind of lead character I guess is new for me and you know so getting that experience was super fun and the cast to, you know as with most shows we just we did turn into a big family and it was um so, so much fun turning up to the theater every night and getting to spend those hours with everyone and you know everyone was just really focused and professional in the way they went about putting on the show and yeah I think the end result was really well and it, you know really well received and um you know, I loved being a part of it, you know, and the response that we received from the audience was also really great. So, yeah, it was super fun. I miss it heaps. Especially now we're all locked up. I'm just reminiscing, looking at the poster, wishing we could bring it back. We just want to go straight back to that theatre and, you know, enjoy those moments mm. again. We sort of took yeah. it for granted, I guess, didn't we? Because we didn't really expect this to happen. So, you know, it's just, you know, such a different experience now to what we're experiencing only, yeah. you know, two months ago being in that theatre and around our, our theatre community. Elowen, obviously That's you it. were playing um, the female lead role in the show. How did you find it? Did you enjoy the theatre experience um, being involved with the summer school program again? Yeah, I mean, I will always have a place in my heart for summer schools. It's just the most incredible experience. Like I always tell who, anyone who's ever considering doing summer schools, I always tell them to do it because it's such a great learning experience overall. Like I've had the two ends of the spectrum. Like the first one I did, I was 14 years old and I was, I think I was on for like two seconds of the entire musical. <laughs> and then, but I still learned heaps. I improved so much from that performance it's insane yeah coming back and having a role especially with the freedom that Michaela gave me to explore with that role I mm. just learned so much and the connections I made with both like crew people and even people like John X who I ended up working with for Peter Pan and stuff who came and watched Be More Chill and I got to you know have a conversation with some of the Taz fame and you know networking <laughs> but yeah I <laughs> I, I love summer school. It's such an extraordinary experience. And yeah, I it's obviously, it's sad looking back on it now because you always worry that you took it for granted, which I did. Didn't we all, didn't we all? It's such a yeah. beautiful thing to hear you say that. And it makes, it's it's a reason that people like Chris, people like um, myself, Jackie Code, um, Darren Sangwell back in the day, we all went back to it because, you know, it was such a special moment for people to get along and, you know, be able to, you know, experience theatre and be able to get on a stage mm. with their peers, yeah. and um, which I think is really important. And I think it's what um, old Nick Company do right. Obviously, I'm saying that as production chairperson of the company, but um, I think it it is really important to be able to offer that sort of experience for students, and it just sort of extends on from the the high school uh, theatre scene at the moment. Big yeah. shout out to Michaela Campbell as well, who, um, mm. you know had a baby during the whole of uh, the Be More Chill yeah. experience and is doing really well. So 
Um, congratulations to Michaela and Sam, her partner, as well. Um, and uh, we do wish you all the best. So there's obviously, you know, a lot has happened over the last couple of months. We've also had some, you know, sad times over the last, uh, well, month, month and a half with shows closing um, due to the COVID-19 situation. The biggest one of those that uh, stands out to me is Mamma Mia, which was being done in Launceston by the Encore Theatre mm. Company. Now, that was um, basically in their tech week. They'd just bumped into the theatre. I think it was the um, Sunday afternoon or the, the Monday. They were doing their media call and they had, you know, the media outlets there when they found out the news that um, the government was restricting audiences and they would have to cancel their season. I can't even imagine as a production manager to cancel mm. a show in Tech Week. I think that would be extremely hard. They are postponing it, so it's not cancelled. It's postponed until uh, 2021. So thank goodness that they'll actually be able to get to perform the show. Chris, do you think that would be such a hard thing to do as a theatre company and for all those involved that work so hard? Oh, definitely. Exactly. Like Especially the actors and the actresses. You know, they've done all the blocking and all the, you know, dialogue and stuff. And they've got to wait a full year to do it again and try and remember all that. So it's interesting, but I guess you've got to do what you've got to do in these times and, you know, build it again, I guess. Yeah, we just take it with a grain of salt. Jacob, it'd be pretty hard experience, um, you know, imagine being the couple of the leads of Mamma Mia up in Launceston and then all of a sudden you're told, look, you've done all this rehearsal and prep and, look, unfortunately due to this situation, you're just going to have to wait a year to, to perform it. You, do you think that yeah. hits hard for those performances? Oh, it's unthinkable, really, to put in all that effort and then, you know, to be so close to your opening night. And then, you know, especially when down here, shows only run for, you know, two to three weeks. So it's like if it could have been pushed on that much further, we could have got to, you know, even do half a season and just get something out there. But to just do all of that work and then, you know, just stop and be like, all right, we'll just rekindle next year. That'd be, it'd make this period so much harder because you'd be buzzing with all that energy that you'd built up due, like through all that rehearsal period to just, you know, throw it all out the window and sit around and wait for a whole year. And they're going to have to start again. Like you're going to go into rehearsals later this year, hopefully for the production next year. You, it's, I mean, yeah, you've got all the blocking and the core, but you're going to have to work and you learn the lines again. You're going to have to make sure that you've got all the choreography. You're going to have to polish everything. So it's going to be like, you know, it's not going to be just let's all step on stage and do it again. It's going to be, you know, a lot of work. Have, people can't commit to it again. It's going to be that's even exactly harder. right. Different timing. Some people, you know, get up and just like people could move within the next year. Yeah, it's going to make it really so, difficult, you know, for, for everyone involved with the show. But I know the Encore Theatre Company but, and I know BJ up there will do a fantastic job. Uh, but it might make the you know the show stronger as well. When you think about yep. it, they're fighting to do it again. So you know, it might be even gooder. Well, gooder. It's good is not a word, but better. better. It's going to be better. There we go. <laughs> but imagine <laughs> what it's going to be like when they get together for that first time after all of this is over. Oh, definitely. It's just going to be a, a massive emotion for them, and I'm sure they'll be really excited and, um, you know, They'll power along and get that show on stage and it'll be amazing and I can't wait to go up and watch oh, of it. Of course. Another one, obviously, we've got our main two local theatres. We've got the Hobart um, Repertory Theatre Society, which obviously own the Playhouse Theatre, and the Theatre Royal, which obviously both venues have been affected by, you know, the regulations that have come in as well. Hobart Rep, I know, has had to cancel um, the last week of keeping up appearances. 
which was really popular and selling well. They've had to cancel Blythe Spirit, Charlotte's Web. I think they're being postponed, not cancelled. I have said cancelled a lot, but I think they're being postponed. We're not sure on that at the moment. Obviously, it'll depend on how long this drags out. Obviously, they had shows like Peter Pan and Wendy, which um, Ellen was involved with, that have been, you know, pushed back, hopefully to a later date, Clockwork Orange. So there's lots of shows that are being affected by this that were in the works and already rehearsing. Was it pretty hard to sort of stop halfway through rehearsals, Ellen, and just be like, oh, this is it for the moment. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, especially because in Peter Pan and Wendy, <laughs> correction, <laughs> um, all the kids that were in that show um, had obviously they'd all never known each other before and had come in because these kids were only like 10 years old, now all so talented. They'd come in and made, you know, good friends with each other and then suddenly that's it. That was the end. It just been cut off. And then we never saw each other again. So I never got to say goodbye to them, which is pretty heartbreaking because oh. I love them and I miss them. <laughs> but You'll yeah, be back it was soon. pretty challenging. It, I hope so because we put so much work into it, especially Ben. Oh, fingers crossed it'll be back very soon. The big one at the Theatre Royal, um, obviously there's been touring shows that have had to cancel or postpone. But one of the big ones is the cancellation of the annual Old Nick Company Uni Review, which is going to be ScoMo Inferno this year based around the um, obviously the bushfires over the summer. That's a big one. That's the first time that's been cancelled in the in the history of the uni review. You know, they've obviously had the bridge collapse. They've had many other major events, but nothing's cancelled it. They've never not had a uni review in the year. So that's, that is a big one. You know, that is it's just crazy to think that something that big, unfortunately, is just not going to happen. But saying that, they have um, announced that they're going to do an online version of it. So something different, something new that they've been able to adapt with, um, thanks to uh, Justin Smith, so pirate most people in Hobart community will know him as. He's obviously got a big digital um, background and creating videos, and um, so he's going to be pivotal in uh, making sure that that project gets up. They're doing a crowdfunding campaign. Um, we've put a link on our Facebook page. Uh, at the moment, they're looking at getting 20000 um uh, roughly funded for that show through the crowdfunding. They've raised 8000 in six days. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty good. Um, it's yeah. it's incredible. I can't believe that they've got that much in such a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. But they're hoping for that to be released in July. Em, do you think that's um, going to be quite hard to, you know, film things? You know, how are they going to be able to do that? Hopefully, you know, restrictions will ease up soon. But we just, how are they going to make and piece that together? I don't know. Like you said, it. With the restrictions at the moment, I really hope they're lifted soon for them so they can at least get some multiple people in a room to do a skit or a routine, something like that, because otherwise I think it's going to be a big editing job for Pirate to put everyone's individual bits that they've filmed their house or in their paddock or wherever they're doing their filming together to make it flow and connect and give it that comedy factor that it always has. Yeah, it'd be quite difficult. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. There's another big festival that we haven't talked about yet, which is Dark Mofo. And obviously that, you know, envisaged so many different aspects of the arts. It um, has, you know, performers in Hobart. It brings performers from all over Australia, all over the world. It has the um, the arts aspect. Obviously, Mona, the Museum of Old and New Art here in Hobart is closed. So many things coming out of that, you know, and obviously it's a huge tourism benefit for, for Tasmania. Chris, what do you think that effect is going to have on, on Tasmania? Do you think it's going to be pretty hard to come back from that, uh, you know, obviously big financial burden on 
well, I think the whole thing is, but I guess, you know, the cancellation Doug Mofo is pretty big. Yeah, definitely very big. But I, as I said, I think we'll, we'll be able to bounce back, I think. But I do think it was going to affect all the artists down here and interstate. Well, around the world, you know, everyone's getting affected by it. But I think we're strong enough as a society to bounce back. And it's like like start over, really. And maybe next year, it might 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 go for longer or, you know, have to wait and see, I guess. And I guess, Jacob, um, just bringing you into this conversation, Dark Mofo is obviously a big part for all the um, the local artists. You know, without that that revenue, I guess it's going to be quite hard. Are we lucky that, you know, normally the uh, the artists are pretty strong-willed in, in Hobart? Yeah, definitely. We're very lucky to have such strong-willed artists, as you say, and just to be surrounded by such a you know, closely knitted community. And I think it's also, as hard as all of this is, and Dark Mofo was obviously a massive loss to the Tasmanian tourism industry, but, um, and just the industry in general and the community, but it's also given everyone an opportunity to kind of take a breath, I think. And amongst all of the chaos and hardship of this whole situation, I think, I mean, I'm part of a lot of the Hobart Facebook groups and stuff for artists and people are struggling but they're also banding together to support each other and you know give people ideas of things to do and just give them a bit of you know perspective about what's actually going on and what we can do afterwards and it's kind of I think in you know a twisted way it's actually almost a good thing that this is all happening at the moment because I think the world was just in such a constant rat race and it's forced everyone into their bedrooms to kind of think about everything for a bit and then I so I do think everyone's going to come out on the other side um, a lot more better off. It'll just be, you know, hard for a bit, but then we'll be good. And that's the big thing about it's the Australian way. We we will fight back, and it's the performing way because we'll come back and we'll put the some, show must you go know, on. The show must go on. Absolutely, absolutely. Another event that obviously affects a lot of, um, you know, dancing students in, in Tasmania. The Southern Tasmanian Dancing Estedfords have been cancelled for this year. Normally held in the July school holidays. That's a big one. Thousands of performers. Uh, attend and perform and you know there's so many different aspects to that but the dance schools must be uh you know getting hit pretty hard em i know you're involved with the house of dance and i've seen that they're moving a lot of things online how have you seen that working and uh, do you do you think they've you know been able to adapt to that quickly and do you think they've been able to do it pretty well yeah well as you say the dancing in steadford is such a staple in a dancer's life, you know, you grow up knowing that you have that competition every year in July and it's sort of what you work towards apart from your concert. So it's been really disappointing for dancers for for all ages and schools, I'm sure, but especially those who were sort of hoping to maybe go off to a full-time school or university this year, I mean, sorry, next year, sort of thinking this would be their last step, but they've sort of lost their opportunity there. So that's a bit sad for them, but I think I obviously can only speak from my experience, but I think Hod has really done an amazing job at getting all the lessons online. Like it's no mean feat to organize solos, groups, give everyone your Zoom like um, code, make sure everyone can get online because obviously some people have limited access to internet. So whether that be recording, you know, pre-recorded lessons and sending those to people like it's a lot of work and it's very different because obviously as dancers we're used to being in the studio, we're used to being with each other, feeding off each other's energy. So, yeah, it's very different but I think it's going to be great. 
Good. And it, it'll give um, everyone, I guess, a bit of a different aspect on, you know, learning uh, away from the studio, which I think is the really important thing that's come out of this. As Jacob was saying a moment ago, it's giving us all, you know, another look on things. You know, how can we actually do things differently and better? And I think out of this, we obviously people will go back to, to studio lessons in dancing, just to use for an example. But I reckon it'll be able to go, okay, so we can have studio lessons, but we can actually have online classes as well for people that might not mm. be able to get to the studio or, you know, if, you know, choose to have the, the class from home one week, we can now do it and we know how to do it. I think it makes it a lot easier that they've now had this experience and they've been able to learn from it. So moving, you know, away from now the um, the local theatre scene, move into the national theatre scene, so over more broadly of Australia, a lot of shows have been affected by COVID-19 again on, on the national stage. Many of them have been postponed, cancelled, dates changed, restarting dates won't happen until a certain time. A few big noted ones, Six the Musical, which is extremely popular on the mainland. So they were just finishing up in Melbourne. Uh, sorry, they just finished up in Sydney and they're moving to Melbourne, Adelaide. Both of those have been postponed unsure of the date at this stage, come from away, finished a week earlier. I was devastated. I had tickets to the final night performance of that with a few of my friends and absolutely shattered that we weren't able to get along and see that. Thank goodness it's coming back in 2021 for a limited season. So definitely try and get along. I don't know if any of you guys have seen come from away. I've seen it twice. Yeah, I saw it. Yep. Incredible show, isn't it? Phenomenal. Yep. Breathtaking. Yeah. Jacob, what was your takeaway from the show? Uh, from an actual like performing act like aspect, I could not even wrap my head around how those actors pulled everything off the way that they did. Like every minute detail, every single person's performance that was on stage was like perfect. Like just from physicality to voice to presence to everything. Like there was not a moment that you weren't disengaged from like that you were disengaged from the story you from the second that the first person came out on stage you were there and you didn't like you don't want it to end and so the fact that the show like doesn't have an interval as well you like you think going into a show that's so heavy as you know addressing topics and you know the story a story about 9-11 you think oh god uh, halfway through I'm gonna want like a break to kind of assess what's going on and you know, rekindle for the next half, but you don't need it because the show's just done, done in such a magical way that you, yeah, you just want to keep knowing, you want to keep progressing in the story. And yeah, but the performances are just phenomenal. Like I just, you know, can't give enough credit to those um, actors and actresses. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I found that too. It just flowed straight through, which was really good. Yeah, you know, obviously the storyline is very emotional, but, you know, works as a one act, hour and a half. Um, musical um another one that's been affected shrek the musical now um this was you know quite popular especially with the kids cancelled its uh rest of its melbourne season uh, and brisbane season has now been completely cancelled so highly doubt we'll see that again unfortunately but you know obviously luckily they got in a full sydney season and part of their melbourne season uh, and it was obviously quite popular uh with the with the students a big one obviously in a, a big area that's been affected is the the students that are at Victorian College of the Arts, the West Australian um, Academy of Performing Arts, uh, NIDA, you know, all the different schools and academies on the mainland, uh, especially ones that are studying 
you know, out of their home state. Ella, and I think it'd be quite difficult if you're in one of those universities and having to, you know, try and decide whether to stay or come home. What do you reckon those people are going through right now? Do you reckon it's pretty tough? Yeah, well, I mean, especially because we're in such uncertain times, I feel it'd be challenging to make that decision whether to stay or to come back home because we don't know how long this is going to be lasting for. And, you know, it's difficult because I guess a lot of people would want to be with their families because obviously we're not going out and catching up with friends and stuff. So it's probably be, it'd probably be more comfortable to come back home and be in a familiar environment with your family. But then again, that's not always an option for people. So it is, I, I can imagine there is, there are most likely some people that are stuck by themselves right now. And I can only imagine how lonely that would be. And my heart goes out to those people because that's really tough. And yeah, because um, schools like WAPA, they have their, I don't think, they hold off performances until the third year, don't they, at schools like that? I, I can only speak for WAPA because my brother's there, but with their course for the third years, basically, they've put all the classes online and all of their shows have been postponed. But they do have some shows throughout the first and second year, but the third year is the real focus on the performance. It's what they've been working towards for the last two years. So to not have the opportunity potentially to perform those shows is really stressful for them and also disappointing, especially looking at going into an industry that really at the moment doesn't really exist. So it's a bit of a hard time for them, uh, especially when they're all the way over in WA. But hopefully the restrictions will be lifted soon and they'll be able to put on their shows before they have to graduate. It'd be hard as well because obviously they normally have, you know, people come along and and watch the performances like talent agents. You know, without getting a talent agent in your third year, you're pretty much, you know, you're left to your own devices. So that'd be pretty difficult as well. Yeah, I think they usually have fundraising throughout the year so they can fundraise for the third years to travel to Melbourne and Sydney and perform their showcases so they do have the opportunity to be seen by agents. But yeah, if they're not able to do that, it's sort of going to be um, their responsibility to make a show real and apply to different agents and stuff like that. So it's definitely going to be different for them. Yeah, we can definitely see that. It's going to be um, absolutely devastating for a lot of students. And I wonder if we'll see people trying to repeat repeat this year and try and, you know, do it again just to, you know, try and get the, a better outcome, I guess, and be able to, you know, get all those experiences that they have been able to have this year. I reckon the repeat rate all over the spectrum will be quite big next year, people trying to make sure that they... You know, because I mean, even people in year 12, like yourself, Eloan, it'd be really difficult, you know, trying to make sure that um, you've got all your studies and you're you're ready to head on to uni because it's a lot harder, as you were saying earlier, to, to study in, you know, without having that, that contact with the teacher and, you know, conversation with other students, because I think that's really important for you to, to, to learn off others. You know, it's part of the, the whole framework of, of schooling. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Moving to international news now. Well, big headline, Broadway is closed. Probably for the first time in a very long time. Um, Probably since 9-11, I would say that Broadway's actually had to close entirely. 
Um, but there wouldn't be many other times apart from those two big moments uh, in the history of Broadway. So a lot of shows cancelled there. Saddest one is obviously um, Beetlejuice, which was closing. They are trying to find a new theatre, but has now, um, due to the extension of the lockdown orders in New York, they've unfortunately had to close indefinitely, depending whether they find another theatre. So obviously Australian Eddie Perfect, really successful show in the end, it wasn't um, a big hit at the start, but um, ticket sales had started to move in the last six months, and which had seen it sort of, you know, rise back up the ranks. Jacob, I guess, you know, it'd be quite difficult for fans of the show and also the, the cast and team. You're not going to get your final performance. No, I know. So it's, it kind of is similar to the whole Mamma Mia thing. It's like, you know, when you've been working towards and you like have a date in mind and you know when this stuff's going to happen, and then for it to all be like, you know, the floor to be ripped out from underneath you when you least expect it, it would be really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's super sad. And I've just seen, um, I was reading an article earlier today that they've basically, you know, pushed Broadway's closure back to the 6th of June, which is obviously still, you know, a couple of months away. But then the 7th of June was when the Tony Awards were meant to be held. Well, hard to have the Tony Awards when, you know, none of the judges have been able to actually go and see shows and there's been, a lot of the new shows that were meant to open haven't opened. I think it's going to be difficult for uh, the Tony Awards to actually run this year um, in it, in its full form as the, we're all used to seeing it. Chris, obviously the Tony Awards is a really important aspect of, of theatre and is a celebration of theatre. What do you reckon they'll do? I don't know. Do you reckon they'll go online? or I guess you can't really, though, being a big thing that it is. Do you reckon they'll wait um, it out and just see how it all plays out? Well, I hope so because some of the new shows like um, Sing Street and I think like Mrs. Doubtfire and a few other ones like that, you know, they haven't got a, haven't had a chance to show you know their ability of their show, you know. So I hope they push it back. They should at least. So, yeah, we hope so. I mean, I, I reckon they will. Being such a big show, another awards show that's been cancelled is the um, Broadway League Jimmy Awards. So the twenty twenty Jimmy Awards that has been completely cancelled due to the ongoing crisis with the COVID nineteen. Obviously, they have around one hundred and forty three thousand students in America that participate in high school musicals, which is you know a mammoth number. That is incredible. I'd, I'd love to see the number in Australia because I I reckon for you know per capita, I reckon we'd be we'd be up there if not more because. I think a lot of people in Australia either have done a show or been involved with a show in some aspect, part of their lives. I reckon it would be quite popular. And I know that per capita, Tasmania has the biggest audience for theatre. Em, do you think it's important that students get, you know, to be involved with theatre and have, you know, that touch of make-believe, but not always make-believe, that enjoyment factor, I guess, out of theatre in their in their high school and college years? The opportunity to participate in music and drama and especially theatre is something that's amazing and I wish that more people would get involved with it just to see how great it is. But, I mean, even going back to what we were saying before with summer school, like even those, you know, four or five shows that that I did for me, I'm a bit older now, but they still have amazing memories for me and the friends that I had there, I still have now. And it was always so fun to spend summer together. And like I met my partner doing a summer school. So they're very special for me. And I think experiences like that are just so underrated and it would be great to see more people getting involved. Yeah, definitely. Disney Sing Along. Uh, I think we all have seen bits and snippets of it. Pretty obviously uh, big thing. I mean, who doesn't like Disney? I think, you know, 
if you don't like an aspect of Disney or all of Disney, you know, I don't think you're really in the theatre industry. Elowen, obviously, there's been lots said about the Disney sing-along with stars from, you know, High School Musical right through to Frozen and just everything in between. But again, we're talking about uh, Ariana Grande earlier. She did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ariana is literally my idol. I will never be her and no one can ever come close to her. But she is just <laughs> extraordinary from the just the way she executed that. I don't know. She just does it with such ease but such grace. She's just such, I don't know, she's a God-tier human specimen. <laughs> and High School Musical yeah. coming back. I mean, any naughty kid go- loves High School Musical. <laughs> Indeed. I loved it. That was like a little piece of my childhood coming back. Not that I'm not a kid anymore, but... um. <laughs> <laughs> Soon to be 18, Eloan, get excited. <laughs> oh, I'm getting up there in the years, Mark. <laughs> oh, you never catch me, though. Chris, High School Musical, obviously, Hello. they had going between High School Musical, the original um, cast, and High School yes. Musical, the musical, the series cast. Do you think it worked? Yes, your girlfriend. I think it did work, but they needed Zac Efron to sing, I think. But I was I was disappointed in that. And I was also a bit confused how That's So Raven and like some other cast members of the other Disney musicals were in it. I don't think that was needed, but eh. It could hey, be mate, because we're, Zac we're, Efron didn't sing on the original. That, that's true. That's very true. So true. they couldn't really get him to sing yeah. now. <laughs> Chris, don't yeah. forget, we're all in this together. Disney, all in this together. <laughs> Stop. Go away. Go away. <laughs> Good one, Mark. Good one, Mark. <laughs> I know. Very funny. But I'm serious. Next sort of part of the um, show, I'm just going to go around and sort of we're going to discuss the effects that COVID-19's had on the theatre and entertainment industry um, as a whole, just sort of give me a quick rundown of what you think, you know, the COVID-19 situation, you know, how it's affected theatre, but also more broadly how it's uh, affected the entire entertainment industry. I'll start with you, Em, if that's all right. What do you, what do you reckon? What do you think the, the big effects of uh, the COVID-19 have been on our industry? Well, especially just in Australia, I feel really sad for the many performers, the techs, the backstage, the, you know, stage managers who are all contracted workers and are missing out on JobKeeper or, well, yeah, JobKeeper payments because they work contract to contract. Like they may not have been in their job for a year. Um, I just think it's really poor and really unfair that they – are not being supported by the government. And, you know, as soon as this is over, the government and many, many, you know, million-dollar companies will be looking for performers to come and perform at their, you know, their ball or their charity event and they'll be wanting people to do it for free. But, you know, they shouldn't be expecting performers to support everyone else like they usually always do. And then in times of need when they need to be supported, no one's there for them. No one's backing them up. They're having to back themselves up. You know, every performer in every, you know, corner of the world dug into their own pockets and either donated money. You know, there was millions and millions of dollars that was raised for the bushfires by performance, by performers um, for that cause. And, you know, people were putting on events for free and donating all of the proceeds to the um, bushfire funds and everything and then you know a month later the tables have turned and that those artists that literally just did all of that charity work they're now the ones that are 
suffering because no one else wants to reach out to help them. So it's kind of a, you know, double-ended sword for those guys. Yeah, it does just show that performers obviously have got it pretty tough at the moment, obviously, as most of us all know with, um, you know, people around us that are involved heavily in, in the performing arts and um, and, and the, the musical industry as well with uh, musicians heavily affected with not being able to, you know, do their normal gigs or play to their, their audiences. So they're not earning any money out of that at all. And, it, you know, just with no support from the government was quite disappointing, definitely. So I agree with um, both your points there. What do you think, Chris? What do you what do you think's probably the, the big standout, obviously, following on from what we were just talking about? I definitely think the government need to pull their backsides out of their drains and, you know, help people in these tough times but i guess it's hard to weigh up you know when you where do you pull this money from to support everyone in the arts and you know but yeah i guess you just have to make kind of come back and start again but yeah it's gonna be tough i guess the big thing is um we're lucky in australia in the the uh, for the fact that we have job seeker you know which used to be obviously yeah. you know youth allowance or looking for work payment Thank goodness we have that option because you think of places, you know, I see the lines in America, 22 million unemployed. How many of them are from tourism, but also how many of them are from the entertainment industry? Many, I'm sure. But they don't have the systems like we do here in Australia where we have this support so readily available. So I think, yeah, it's definitely disappointing they didn't help them in regards to the job keeper payment. But thank goodness we have the job seeker payment that will be able to to support them. Elowen, you've obviously, you know, new into theatre, but you've also had your show affected directly. How do you reckon the COVID-19 has affected the overall theatre scene? I think the impact that it's had on everyone is pretty clear in the way that people are coming together online. You know, you, you can literally everywhere you turn to online, there's either a hashtag or like some, you know, whatever it is. But like we've got all of these people uploading blogs and songs there's I know we were talking about the Jimmy Awards before they've got this hashtag on TikTok where they've got all the senior students that missed out on doing their final shows um uploading videos of the roles that they never got to complete online and so that they're able to share them with people and I don't know it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking and I can imagine it's pretty emotionally straining on a lot of people particularly in America because they've um they were coming to the end of their school year so you know school's just over for them and a lot of those people miss out on their last shows and obviously theater for a lot of people is a form of escape and happiness and so on and so forth so yeah hard times but it's nice to see how everyone's coming together online I think definitely I mean watching the videos of like People singing off their balconies, singing, you know, mm. in Australia, for example, mm. I'm Australian, just brings a tear to your eye. It, it, tear to your yeah. eye. It's just so, you know, wonderful to, to see how communities are coming together in this hard time, you know, no matter what side of politics they're from or no matter what their, you know, religion is. You know, we can all come together in a time that's obviously really difficult. Is that sort of what we've talked about, Jacob? Is that how you're seeing it? Yeah, definitely, 100%. It's so... I think, you know, as I said before, in a weird, twisted way, I think it's kind of a really nice um, reset that everyone's getting just to kind of reevaluate everything and just slow down for a bit to then 
when it, when it's all over, I think we're going to see a massive waterfall worth of just everything going on and everyone who's, you know, been brainstorming different ideas of, you know, things to do when they've just been locked up. I think everyone's just going to go balls to the walls and just go crazy and it's going to be so beautiful to watch. I tell you what, I'll never take a meal at a restaurant for granted again. I can't no. believe <laughs> how weird it is right now not being able to go and just sit down <laughs> and go, all right, I'll have a chicken a schnitzel or, you know, parmigiana. Absolutely. <laughs> it is just, you'll never take that for granted again. Well, guys, just before we uh, wrap up, there's one um, thing that I'll point out for a lot of people and, you know, it's it's uh, the show must go on. It's um, YouTube clips that are being um, put up through Andrew Lloyd Webber's, um, sort of, of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows. So we've had Joseph and the amazing Technocolor Dreamcoat, Jesus Christ Superstar and the Phantom of the Opera was on on the weekend. Obviously, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber, some incredible shows I've I mean, I watched Jesus Christ Superstar about five times before it was taken down and the Phantom of the Opera I watched a couple of times because there's not experiences you get all the time to watch these shows. Just a quick special mention, Tim Mitchin in Jesus Christ Superstar, unreal, unreal, yep. just incredible. So, you know, it was pretty exciting to be able to, to see those shows, um, I guess, being performed from other side of the world really so um yeah they were really exciting to watch and uh, i know there's more to come so keep your eye out for that um i think they've got a facebook page and it's on youtube the show must go on so make sure you check that out are they showing Guys, cats, look, uh chris i'm not too sure um but i wouldn't <laughs> suggest watching the uh the movie so <laughs> i haven't seen it yet so no spoilers did you listen to our theater pod episode on that element you didn't. She's of course fan. i did uh, exactly exactly <laughs> I even I listened to three episodes before coming on today. Oh, oh well, I'm very glad to yeah. hear it. And uh, it's been a pleasure <laughs> having you uh, join the team as well as you two, Emily and Jacob. Thank you so much for joining thank us you. No, on the you. team. Yeah. It's it been great. fantastic to chat to you guys. Obviously, I will just give a quick shout out to Mahalia Carter and Joshua Dine, who are obviously <laughs> our outgoing um, theater pod presenters. Guys, um, obviously, they've been a part of it since the first uh, the pilot episode we did. We really didn't know where to go. We thought we'd have about five people listen to it and tell us that we were terrible and it'd be all over. But um, it's actually yeah. become something that people really enjoy listening to. Um, so thank you to both of them because they've made the show what it is. But I'm excited to mm. see what you uh, you guys bring to it. And Chris, my partner in crime, Hello, so mate. good to have you here as always, mate. Stop. Stop. You're lucky I wasn't going to be here, but, um, you know. You're powered on through, your, your, you know, your sickness and you're here. Doesn't have coronavirus, guys. Don't don't stress. It's all good. Um, well, stay safe, everyone. Make mm-hmm. sure you stay in your houses and, uh, you know, keep going for your little walks and uh, supporting the local uh, economy. And once the theatre scene gets back up and about, we'll be back with another episode of Theatre Pod discussing all these amazing shows that will be coming. Guys, thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing you sometime, hopefully, very soon. Bye. 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 Powering down all systems. Thanks for listening to TheatrePod. Check out our website at theatrepod.com.au.